Hello, hello. My name is Dr. Rachel Gainsborough, and I am obsessed with all things short-term rentals, revenue streams, and helping you navigate your career, real estate, and your busiest and most wonderful seasons of life. I'm an immigrant, a pharmacist, a wife, and a mom who took one guest room rental and turned it into a multi-property seven-figure real estate business, which has also landed us on TV. I'll teach you the real secrets and everything you need to build a short-term rental business that you love. I discuss the hard topics, mistakes I've made, and the mistakes others have made so you don't have to make them for yourself. Financing, automations, acquisitions, low occupancy, scaling, and building your team all while balancing your life are all subjects to be discussed here. Consider me that one best friend you can come to with your short-term rental business questions. So grab your coffee, get comfortable as you get ready to learn and grow with me. This is the Luxury Short-Term Rental Doctor podcast. Hello, hello, everyone. I am super duper excited to be here today to share with you guys Let's talk about the three powerful shifts in luxury short-term rental investing. All right, so my name is Rachel. I am based out of Atlanta, Georgia, south of Atlanta, uh, to be very, very specific. And today, I thought it was really important and wanted to talk to you guys about the three powerful shifts that we are seeing in luxury short-term rental investing is a little bit about me to start. As you can imagine, you know, we are in a very interesting time and healthcare burnout is a real thing. And so personally, my goal, my mission, what I'm obsessed with in terms of uh, one of my passions is to help busy professionals create a life that they do not need to unplug from, that they do not need a vacation from. And so that is through investing in lifestyle assets, such as luxury short-term rentals. And so we want to invest in the most profitable markets to really get the best bang for our buck and <laughs> maximize our efficiency. And so that's a little bit my, about my passion. And a little bit of a Saturn now, I'm from Haiti originally. And so a lot has happened recently, uh, raised in an underrepresented area in Florida as well, but Fast forward years later, I'm a pharmacist by training, healthcare professional uh, by day, real estate investor by night. And I am also the co-founder of a boutique brand that specializes in luxury workforce accommodations in Georgia, Florida, the Poconos, uh, Pennsylvania, Tennessee Smokies is where we're also opening up. Our new construction is actually located in the Florida Panhandle area. And uh, we're looking to do a resort development as well in the Poconos. So really excited about that. We primarily focus on single family homes, five to eight bedrooms. Uh, we determined that's kind of our sweet spot. Uh, a little bit less than that, it's still the same amount of work, but for much less profitability. So definitely we cleared up our bottlenecks in that way. We're always reevaluating the portfolio and cleaning it up. And so our most recent claim to fame, as many of you have probably seen in the group, is that uh, one of our short-term rentals was featured on a Netflix TV show. And so we were flown out to New Mexico. And so it's a property that generated over 15X profitability. Super excited about that. But again, my passion is to show others how to own and operate the fewest number of properties that generate the highest profitability. So that is my number one passion in terms of helping our busy professionals and healthcare professionals. So, with that being said, 
Just really wanted to share with you guys some three trends that I'm seeing in the luxury world. So we have a portfolio of 18 properties right now, both owned and managed. So managed meaning arbitrage as well as co-host or property managed. And so the three big shifts that we're seeing is that modern luxury, you know, which is different from traditional luxury. So traditional luxury is prior to the industrial revolution when, you know, things and the accumulation of things were a very, very big deal. Folks did not have access to actual material, materialistic things. And so that was luxurious at the time. But right now, modern luxury is very, very different. Okay. Modern luxury really encompasses relationships. It encompasses experiences. And with that being said, if you want to purchase something, you know, on Amazon, you can probably quickly get it within 24 to 48 hours. So that's not so luxurious. But what is the definition of modern luxury is going to be convenience, experience, as well as relationships. Having the ability to spend the time, having the ability to uh, have the experiences that you want to, having convenience involved there is definitely uh, luxurious. And so when we are looking at our short-term rental properties, we do our best to incorporate convenience, experiences, as well as enhance the relationships that our folks come to our properties to um, enjoy. And for us, our client avatar are large, multi-generation families. And the reason that we target these larger homes is that when you're looking at the price point that we're charging, it is much easier for a family of three different family units, all related, of course, so sister, adult sibling, as well as their children. So with three family units are splitting that spread, then it's very, very palatable. So these are nicer homes, larger homes where three or four even family units come together and they split that bill and it is very, very feasible. So our client avatar are multi-generational families with small children, teens, as well as pets. People pay a premium for their pets. Okay, so their pets are a big deal. Uh, I know I have three dogs of my own, three small pups of my own. So that's definitely a big deal. So as you are determining which client you're going to be serving, especially during this time, whether it is going to be large families, whether it's going to be an essential worker, really, really hone in and focus on what it is that you can do to help meet that client's need. Okay. And so point number one is experience days are going to be huge. People are looking for not just an experience with their own families, but they're looking for a unique experience. Uh, couples who want a quick getaway, who want to go into a tiny home situation, who want to glamp a bit, who want to live in a yurt for a bit. People are looking for a location that's a bit on the beaten path. I will say again, I project that maybe the urban days are not going to be the hottest ticket. It's going to definitely be the states that are suburban and, and rural that really are going to win the next quarter based on what I'm seeing in healthcare, to be honest. So if you have a piece of land where you can house RVs, if you have a piece of land where you can house tents and you know your zone for all that kind of stuff, definitely explore some of those avenues, uh, websites such as Outdoorsy. And there's another one that that promotes camping. I don't remember off the top of my head. Hip Camp. Hip Camp is another one. So outdoorsy Hip Camp are definitely places to explore to list your properties. 
not just on Airbnb, not just on Virgo, but leverage some of those other websites where people can utilize your lot or utilize your land to park their RVs or to do a little bit of camping. So being off the beaten path is definitely going to be a great win for the next quarter, as well as a great experience. So rural states, I'm thinking about rural states. Kevin is asking, is selling the luxury property more lucrative now than renting? So meaning if you were to sell the property, would you make more money than if you were to rent it as a short-term rental? That's a great question, Kevin. So it depends. It really depends on a number of factors. So for example, we got an offer for our beach home and the offer was, I'll just put it out there, 1.6. And after taxes, we still have to pay Uncle Sam. After taxes, um, and we were doing some renovation and build out, after all was said and done, after the bank got their cut, what was the final number, you know, we were going to be able to take home? So what we did is we looked at that number, and that number turned out to be less than three years of gross revenue. And at that point, we determined it was better to keep the property than to sell the property because within three years, we would have made back, you know, the profits from selling the property. So your question would be, what is going to be your take home from selling that property? What is going to be your take home from selling that luxury property versus what is going to be the pro forma, so to speak, from renting that property as a short-term rental? And I will tell you that my properties typically rent at the 75, 75th to 90% tier in terms of the profitability when you're looking at all of the data, whether it's uh, AirDNA or MashVisor, I'm usually at the top 75 to 90% tier. So based on that, if you're going to grow anywhere from 150 200K per year on that property. And if you were to sell it, you're going to clear 200K or 300K. To me, it just depends on your time, your personal situation. It depends on uh, where you are, on you know where your tax bracket is. It depends on your accounting. It depends on a number of factors. You would really have to look at those numbers and see what makes sense for you from a financial perspective. So definitely partner with your accountant, partner with your financial advisor, partner with your CPA, whoever, you know, and, and see what's going to work for you. But um, for me, when I was looking at the offers, because we do get offers on our luxury property on the, on the Rosemary when we get those offers, we analyze, well, what, is it better to keep it or is it better to sell it? So that's a really good question. I think that's what you're asking. If not, Kevin, please clarify for me. Um, moving on. So number two. Okay. So we went over number one, which was the experience days. That is going to be a powerful shift. The experience days, trying to create that bubble for your guests and creating that experience for them. Family, they want to come together. They can make themselves into a bubble off the beaten path that's going to be ideal. Number two is going to be a powerful pivot. The number two shift in this arena is going to be a powerful pivot. How are you going to pivot powerfully? You know, and Kevin's already asking the great, great question. Do I sell right now? What is my pivot? What is the plan here? And so for us, the pivot has not been a ton of acquisition through owner purchases. But recently, our pivot has been acquisition through property management, acquisition through co-hosting, and acquisition through arbitrage as well. And so there are four different ways to host, okay? You can host 
like you typically would you purchase a house, then you rent it as a short-term rental. That is cut and dry. That is the way that we are very familiar with hosting. That's how we started. That's number one, one way to host. Number two, you can host via arbitrage. And what arbitrage is, is that you take control of a property into your LLC, into your business, and then you rent it. Subsequently, you rent it to others. So you do not personally stay in the property, but you rent it to others. And there is a correct and legal way to do that. So definitely tap in with those who are the experts in that arena. And we have an expert, a couple of experts in our group. Chio Gose and Coach Cab are both experts with our, our group in the arbitrage world, as well as uh, TJ. So definitely tap in with them. Number three, there is co-hosting and property management. And I kind of use those interchangeably because co-hosting is typically where you would partner with the homeowner and have kind of a rev share, okay? So the homeowner essentially does all of the heavy lifting in terms of furnishing the property. You know, you're not renting it from the homeowner, but you market the property, you list the property, you uh, manage the pricing on the property. You do that type of, you communicate with guests on behalf of the homeowner, and then you get a percentage. And I've seen that percentage range from anywhere from 10% to 25% to 30% or so for co-hosting. Co-hosting is very similar to property management. Property management goes a little bit further typically. And there are some blurred lines as well. Property management can be all of those things we just mentioned and co-hosting with the addition of helping to set up the property, not paying for it, but helping to set it up. Additionally, helping with the cleaning team, finding and sourcing the cleaning team, finding and sourcing the maintenance and managing all of that, coordination of all of that. So that would be property management. It's going to be at a little bit of a higher level than the co-hosting. Also, property managers, they typically hold the funds in a trust account. And they hold the funds in a trust account and then they disperse those funds on a month-to-month -month basis or bi-weekly basis, whatever is agreed upon, to the owner. Whereas the co-host, it's different. The owner has the funds and then disperse the funds to the co-host. Okay, so that's a big difference. And there are rules and laws around that per state. So if you're not a real estate agent or if you're not a broker, if you don't work for a brokerage and so on and so forth, that's going to impact the way you can operate. Some states require you to be a real estate agent to be a property manager or a broker to be a property manager. So definitely follow your state laws. And for the record, my lawyers want me to say, I'm not offering any legal advice. I'm not an attorney. I'm a healthcare, but I'm just giving you information um, based on my experience as well as, you know, we're having a light conversation here. All right. So with that being said, pivot, a powerful pivot, get ready for a powerful pivot. Our powerful pivot was onboarding properties for both co-hosting as well as arbitrage so that we can still create that um, significant cash flow. We wanted to continue to do deals, continue to create a significant cash flow without necessarily going out and purchasing something right now because the market is not, I'm not seeing anything on the market that's very enticing. I'm always looking for a deal. So for us, it was very important for us to continue to do deals, but hey, why don't we use someone else's property? And so we use properties of um, individuals, properties of REITs and apartments and so on and so forth. If 
this information that you're hearing is something that resonates with you, definitely sign up for my masterclass where we're going to go a little bit deeper into this information. And it's going to be a really good one. Uh, we're going to have a couple sessions coming up in a couple of weeks. So yes. Yay. <laughs> Number three is going to be direct booking. I feel like we, we got hit pretty hard during the first wave. And so a light has been shown on direct booking and the importance of direct booking, having a platform where you can market your properties, having a platform where you can retarget your guests. So after you have shown your guests a wonderful and amazing stay, why not retarget that guest? Why not figure out a way to capture their emails so that they can come again? Why not invite them to visit your property? You know, especially if it's a guest that, you know, was a great guest. They had a good stay. You enjoyed their stay. They left the house in great condition. They enjoyed their stay. They left you a wonderful five-star review. Those are the kind of relationships that you want to keep going on and on and on because you want to fill your calendar and kind of be forward thinking. What if your calendar with those types of guests who really understand your business and they really are that ideal guest that you want to come to your property. And you, you actually also want to screen out the guests that totally <laughs> are out of line and did not get what the purpose of that property is for. If you are hosting a family and you're looking for, you know, putting something together so that families can come together and enjoy, they came with 30 people and they totally trashed the place and they thought it was, you know, party town. If that's not your avatar, then definitely you want to screen out those guests that can, that have that behavior in the past at your property. However, I will say if you want that property that offers a video, if you're in the middle of the woods or in the middle of nowhere, I know there's some amazing Joshua tree areas. They're like in the desert and you are that place for an event type of video where people can come and just relax and party and chill, then that is, you know, that is definitely um, the gift that you want to continue to attract to come on, bring everyone because your place can, can support it. But if you're more, you know, a suburban area where there are neighbors and you're wanting things to be a little bit quieter, uh, you, you definitely want to screen out those guests. So direct booking, direct booking, you want to target your guests. The pivot shift that we're, we're seeing are um, different ads to target the guests, marketing technology to target the guests. I know that there are several um, amazing marketing sites that are out there right now. There is, um, there's a couple, a couple members in the group are part of the direct marketing. So be looking for those types of uh, vendors that provide direct booking sites and direct booking sites assistance so that you can book, have your guests book directly. As they are coming to your property, when they enter into your property, that is, there is technology available to capture those emails. When they log into your Wi-Fi, just like if you're going to uh, the local bookstore, the local coffee shop, you log into the Wi-Fi, you have to put in your passcode. Well, there is technology that you can also place into your home so that when they log in, you capture that email, they opt in, okay? And not only them, but every single person who logs in, you know, and now you're starting to grow your email list, you're starting to grow your CRM, and then you can send out a little newsletter every month and say, hey, here's what's going on in my town. There's going to be this festival or there's going to be that festival. Oh, hey, we have, you know, a few days that are available. Why don't you come and spend the weekend, you know, during these days that are available? And remember, busy professional here, all of this stuff can be automated 
for sure. But this is something that I definitely think is going to take the forefront. You're going to want to pivot in this way. This is a, a powerful pivot. Direct booking is going to be key to make sure that your business is sustainable and you continue to grow your business on your own terms, okay? So be looking for ways to uh, set up your, your business website for direct booking. So guys, I have got to run, but I just really wanted to jump in and share uh, with you guys on this live. I will make sure that it's recorded so that everyone who missed it, you can see the replay, but looking forward to um, connecting some more. All right, bye guys.